0: For example, what Empower is doing in Mozambique, uh, no one has been able to do low-income housing uh, that is affordable to citizens. And uh, you don't find big banks or medium banks playing in that space. They would think that's a child's play; they can do what they want to do. But after some time, you would begin to see muscle in these new forms of financing and they can begin to grow. Those are areas where they they cannot oppose because they think they are outside of that
1: space. Welcome to Empower, the first real-fire property platform on Cardano that combines emerging technology, sustainable building, and decentralised financial inclusion. My name is Blaine and I'm the sustainability architect here at Empower and on this podcast we'll be sharing conversations based around Empower's three key principles of building, community and impact. If you want to join our journey and help us build a better future with Empower, then make sure to subscribe and I hope you enjoy today's episode. welcome back to the empower podcast my name is blaine and today myself and glenn will be co-hosts of today's show and on this episode we're excited to share today's very special guests professor Batange Ndemo, uh, a global technocrat currently serving as kenya's ambassador to belgium and previously was the permanent secretary of kenya's ministry of information and communication so prof thank you for coming on the show i uh, appreciate you taking the time Thank
0: you very much,
1: yeah. All right, so um, today's episode, obviously considering your, your background and the space, I'd love to talk about technology and blockchain uh, and the role that they can play in Africa, not only today, but also looking into the future. Uh, but to start us off, can you please tell the podcast uh, maybe a little bit about, about your background, uh, your journey and some of the work that you are doing at at the moment.
0: Well, thank you for the invitation. I have, uh, in the past, I've been teaching at the University of Nairobi, um, at the Faculty of Business and Management Science. And uh, at some point, the government of Kenya appointed me as permanent secretary for communication, uh, where I was for about nine years. I left, went back to university, and again, now the government has requested me to to come to Belgium as ambassador to Belgium and the EU mission.
1: Mm. Lovely. Um, Maybe to to start us off with our first blockchain-related question, what are your current thoughts on blockchain as this emerging technology, and do you think blockchain is a a genuine tool for positive fundamental change? Do you think that has the potential to to have that?
0: Yes, I've said several times that uh, this is a technology that is much more important for developing countries because there are many applications that uh, could transform uh, the developing world. Um, Some of the... Besides um, the financial aspects, um, it can also be used effectively to streamline like supply chains in the agricultural sector, uh, be able to bring a little more transparency, which is sometimes not there in developing countries. And uh, from the financial side, uh, I think if we put our act together, Africa's resources would eventually uh, be a positive contributor to development. I'm talking about this. If you look at the Coltan, Copal, as people begin to move to electric vehicles, much of those resources are found in Africa. And I think if we manage them properly by developing NFTs, uh we could raise resources to change the lives of people. Uh, but it has taken too long to explain to policymakers uh, that we can begin uh to create um resources for development, uh, leveraging the the reserves of the of some of the uh minerals that Africa has. Mm-hmm.
1: And maybe on the, you mentioned the transparency part of blockchain, that's obviously a property that many people associate with blockchain, along with maybe immutability, decentralization. Um, Do you think these properties uh, are essential to solve specific problems that exist in Africa? Like, for example, can some of these problems be, you know, require blockchain as part of the solution?
0: Indeed, they would. Um, I, a lot of farmers actually don't get to recognize the assets they have until um, almost a year down the road. I mean, I can give you an example for coffee growers, tea growers. Uh, once they deliver this, so uh, they are only recognise that as an asset after they have sold. Um, it doesn't have to take that long for them to benefit base school fees for their children. Um, they could um, earn tokens which can be discounted anywhere because that's an asset which is never recognized um, until um, kids are chased out of school.
1: Maybe answer some of the... so blockchain as a a tool for for change uh what what are some other use cases maybe short term i know obviously in power we're you know exploring one use case what are some other use cases that you see short term but also maybe long term um, in africa blockchain use cases in africa
0: We, we talked briefly about decentralized financing uh finance Um, Africa's economic fortunes can change very drastically. I mean, you could transform the SME sector if you begin to leverage decentralized finance, uh, because it's very easy now to... uh, You could easily put together um, MSMEs across the continent and be able to mobilize resources uh, to be able to find them, this is what has been the biggest problem and completely change the picture of uh, economic development in the entire continent.
1: Mm. I think one big thing about this is the, uh, the inclusive uh, nature of blockchain or, or more that blockchain can en- enable this inclusivity and the increase in accessibility. What industries is that needed the most? Um, Obviously, the financial sector is probably the obvious one, which then links to pretty much everything else. Look at
0: every economy. Every economy in Africa, um, actually 6 to 70% of the GDP comes from agriculture. It has not been fully exploited. If you look at the Uh, from farm to fork, we lose up to 40%. We don't have to lose that much uh, in order to create food security. So you are not just providing the resources, but you are streamlining the supply chain and also take those poor farmers from what they have been uh, to bring them into global value chains. That is what we want to see. That is the inclusivity that you are talking about.
1: Mm-hmm. What about you, Glenn? The inclusive part is you know, a big part of your philosophy.
2: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and and Prof, you mentioned there before around the um, around policy, and it's it's one of the challenges of of inclusivity and decentralisation that we have with with I think particularly in developing countries where the level of of policy and political control on the one side versus the decentralization um, and empowerment of the individual on the other. And they almost, they seem almost as conflicting. Um, And obviously you're in an advisory position in terms of that and, and working hard in terms of allowing the power of the, of the individual to be liberated, which I think is one of the key aspects of, of this technology is, is enabling people on the ground to be liberated, to be able to start building their own futures without a level of centralized control, without individuals making decisions for them. You know, partic- often those individuals don't have the capacity or no know- knowledge on the ground, or, you know, of what that person on the ground is really experiencing. So that sort of, how do you, how are you balancing that in terms of policy, um, you know, in your discussions with the, with the politicians?
0: Well, we would start from what they can agree with. Uh, Of course, when they begin to see that their wealth is threatened, I mean, those who have microfinance institutions that have played a role in funding uh, small enterprises, if they begin to find that uh, the whole sector has been decentralized and uh, you are creating assets from what never used to be assets, Uh, into funding people, putting money into the pockets of people, they would begin to oppose, of course, and they have a much bigger voice uh, with policymakers. And that's why I say you need policymakers who are willing to take risk for the sake of creating greater inclusivity for for those who have suffered most. Uh, Of course, there is going to be a fight uh, from... Established institutions. I've gone through that before. Um, the, when we brought forth uh, M-Pesa, uh, the bank, the banking sector fought it fiercely, uh, without actually knowing the impact of uh, mobile money. Uh, today, they work comfortably uh, alongside it, and they've been using the product. So it's unfortunate that we fight even before we understand uh the greater greater users. But what they look at it now is that they are going to lose power. The central bank would have too much power of them. So these are the things that we must begin to to assure.
1: One thing you mentioned was the kind of the first step is finding something to agree on. Would that common ground be? And and who who are the parties, so, either, so I can wrap my head around it because I'm, I'm not too sure of the process, but are you referring to kind of the governments and like the entrepreneurs or the other? Who are we finding common ground between?
0: There are several areas of common ground where, um, for example, what Empower is doing in Mozambique. Uh, no one has been able to do low income housing uh, that is affordable to citizens. And uh, you don't find big banks or medium banks playing in that space. They would think that's a child's play. They can do what they want to do. But after some time, you would begin to see muscle in these new forms of financing, and they can begin to grow. Those are areas where they they cannot oppose because they think they are outside of that space uh micro enterprises they have been avoiding them because they did don't quite understand they don't have the records they don't have uh the collateral to to borrow from the banks uh, so the more we begin to use artificial intelligence in in giving credit um based on uh on on character uh which Some of the banks are beginning to think that if someone can build this, we can take advantage of it. But I think the way it would go is that once we begin um, to use uh, emerging tech and uh, create new products, they would push them to, to accept spaces they would never have played before.
1: Interesting.
2: I think that, for me, is one of the most exciting things around blockchain technology, personally, Prof, is because the ability to it's changing thinking. So, as you said, the new techs, whether it's AI or blockchain or or, or pesa you know, the poster child of mobile money across the world, but it's, it's around taking needs that are on the ground that are real in the developing world, in Africa particularly, understanding those needs and desi- trying to design products that meet those needs. So just as you say, mm-hmm. you know, for us, we look, we're trying to say, let's not look backwards. Let's not look at historical data. Let's look forwards. Let's try and build, as you say, reputation based on character, based on, on um, you know, continued payment, um, build that kind of reputation so that some we're giving somebody who's, because by definition, capitalism right now or the banking system works on history. You, you know, that whole thing is you don't, you can borrow money from the bank when you don't need it. But as soon as you do need it, it is when you can't borrow it. And it's kind of those kind of rules are if you put that onto the, the, the mass, you know, that sets a continent like Africa back so far because in order to access the funding, the individuals can't do so. The countries can't do so. Um, so for me, that's the exciting part about looking forward and changing thinking is the, is the really interesting part around, around what these techs are doing. It's the human change as well as the technology change that, that, that is
0: exciting. Actually, credit score uh, is beginning to be accepted by mainstream banking uh, because they are beginning to feel the pinch from um, those other products that uh, started the process before. Um, like mobile money, like uh, mobile lending, which which is grown so big, um, predatory groups that started using the same space for um, for uh, um, what do you call it? they borrow to do betting and other gaming and stuff. Um, we would have actually moved further because they began to use, Betting as an excuse that it's easy money, they are going to use it, and we need to change this.
2: Yeah, absolutely. A question I also wanted to ask you, Prof, is, is uh, f- also when I started getting excited around around the new tech and, and particularly blockchain was around new communities and the ability to create value in communities. As you know, because historically we're so used to borders and nation states. Being the definition by which we create a currency and/or values value, that if we can are able to create like-minded, you know, communities or groupings that are cross-border, cross-nationality, that that's not important, but they have shared interests. So obviously, for us, the one we're interested in is, is housing. So you know, if we can get players who are interested in housing, the geographical boundaries are irrelevant. You know, the it's the already-
0: Sorry, but Ethiopia has no forex. Uh, but e- Ethiopia trades heavily with Kenya, and what the the traders have discovered is that they need uh, stable currencies in form of crypto, which they get from their diaspora, and then they use it to pay for goods uh, which they buy from Kenya uh we have one bank which does uh fiat. uh it's happening everybody knows it uh nobody's complaining business is booming um i was doing some work for um, africa continental free trade area and i've made those recommendations that we need to see what is happening on the ground because usually people are ahead of policymakers. they think ahead They know where they're benefiting from. I think we should not stop. We should not uh, be on their way. Uh, We need to encourage. That is why in Kenya we created a sandbox. Uh, If the regulator wants to know more, he can go into the sandbox and see how the whole thing is happening. Nobody has been taken to court the businesses between Ethiopia and Kenya, which are done using uh, crypto.
2: I I'd absolutely concur with you. I think that's the that's the way that we can support the development is ex- exactly see what's happening and support exactly that the, the decentralisation, the intelligence is at the edges of the of the communities. It's the people at the edges on the ground who understand the issues and and have self interest. So all of us, if we can enable that self interest to flourish and support that, the 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 process just becomes a natural process as you say and, and if we can allow that and step out of the way from a from a policy and a, and a um uh, as you say allow that to happen is is that kind of sandbox element is 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 that able to come through at a broader level as well or is or is that a specifically kenyan thing
0: well ethiopia i think it's closing their eyes because they don't have uh, forex, and uh, at the same time, they need uh, materials for the factories. Uh, so everybody is benefiting from, <laughs> from from the the process. Uh, but more important is that uh, those of us who are discussing this must begin to take the discussion forward uh, by taking advantage of the spaces which is further and see how far we can go. For example, we have been asking our central bank uh, if they can allow uh, stable currencies. Uh, People still haven't differentiated between um, cryptocurrencies that are created elsewhere, which nobody understands utility, and those cryptocurrencies that we can use in business which are stable. Uh, so we actually I I normally say we must move into the stable currency, people become comfortable in that space, and then we can now begin to shift to other areas uh, of investment where uh there is some utility where you can invest.
1: Mm. Interesting. So they the, the stable currencies kind of acts as like a gateway into the the larger crypto ecosystem potentially
0: that's what everybody everybody every, everywhere else i've spoken when they want to understand the retail aspect of digital money uh they're asking us in kenya how has it been uh, what is the impact on the economy what you, you know and what we are talking about is that we have become more efficient than we were before and uh the losses we see, uh, like theft, is not as large as what they experience in normal banking sector.
1: Yeah. What one interesting stat, at um, least I find interesting, is how young the population is in Africa. So I think I read somewhere, I think roughly around seventy percent of sub-Saharan Africa is under thirty, around that number. Um, but I'm curious, considering that that number. Um, what other opportunities that arise when you combine Africa having a high concentration of young people plus blockchain? What 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 happens when you combine yeah, those things together?
0: I I could I couldn't get you twice, um, uh, but I think you are talking about the the average age of an African, which is around nineteen, uh, which is uh, <laughs> which is a very disruptive age. Uh, they are a little lazier than uh, before, <laughs> so they are easily uh, convinced to move into these uh, convenient ways of buying their what they want to buy. So that is going to influence the change uh, much faster than people think. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So the the young population uh, will accelerate pe- perhaps the change that blockchain can bring
0: they would.
2: Yeah, I also think that the lack of infrastructure that we've talked about before drives the need for the acceptance of that as well. So, and I think that's the exciting thing for Africa, so that we've got young people with real needs that are not being met by the traditional systems, which is, a, in in my mind, a, a wonderful melting pot for innovation and creativity, which is what we start, you know, we've. I mean, M-Pesa obviously is the, is the poster child of that, but you know, so I can't say we're starting to see it, but I think we're starting to see it flourish a lot more now. You know, I think there's a lot more interest globally in, in this in this melting pot and this opportunity. I think there's a lot more interest than historically where, you know, we used to talk about Africa and people's eyes used to, you know, invest into Africa and people's eyes used to glaze over, whereas now there's an, there seems to be A lot more interest i think than than you know a couple of years back i don't know that's my experience did you find that yeah yeah
0: yeah. if if you go um nairobi has quite a huge number of young people who work online um actually they are paid in crypto uh and they're very comfortable they are very comfortable with that because uh you know that you have your money instantly i mean uh, they are going to move this to another level, um, that it will be very difficult for governments to to refuse to empower them to use the systems.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And if we can drive more use cases like that, more growth cases like that, I think, as you say, that that's the again, because there's the perception so much still in the world in the you know in the traditional space of finders. As soon as we mention crypto, it's you know drug dealers and money launderers, and not the real use cases that we find in in Africa. And for me, that's also it's part of that. It's driving the real use cases and the real benefits of what's happening. And and we can keep driving that message. As you say, hopefully, we can keep keep the policy policies loose and sand, sandboxes open.
0: I don't know whether you know. Um, <laughs> Kenya started this before the word crypto. Uh, they, they started uh, community, community currencies. Uh, one is called Bangra Pesa. Uh, it has worked. It has stayed for a very long time. The government arrested the founders. Uh, they couldn't find uh, a legal framework to... to, to to sue them in court. So they release them, they continue working and it's working perfectly well.
1: Maybe, maybe in terms of, um, I th- I've listened to a few of your other interviews and you've mentioned like a, a roadmap around kind of uh, maybe technology development. When we look at blockchain, what, what do you see as being the roadmap to scale blockchain development uh, in Africa and maybe in that roadmap what would some of the challenges be along that journey perhaps for mainstream adoption
0: now from the policy side um i think the central banks must begin to take uh, cbdcs much more seriously because they they came up and uh, stepped back they don't know whether to move they want to look at other countries um, Africa has a different uh, the problems in Africa are different and they require that those systems. And uh, as we push going forward, we also must begin to to make sure that the infrastructure is in place. Um, if you look at the during the um, the, 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 the pandemic, um, the Kenyan president said, uh, that uh, let's not use cash, because it is uh, helping to spread COVID. COVID. Uh, 98% of the population was using uh, mobile money. Uh, and Tanzania, the same, more people are using that. Uh, slowly, we are beginning to see um, Africa finding um, use of these mobile or digital platforms uh, improving, in fact, even economists are getting confused whether some countries will develop because of uh, of digitization, or they would wait to go through the normal path of uh, ag- agri to industrial to service sector. Um, but you are going to see greater and greater efficiencies coming from leveraging. Uh, emerging tech and those that would play a major role would include blockchain. Why? Because uh, I talked about the value chains um, which are broken which we need to fix and the only way to fix is to leverage those technologies and I'm very happy that you find many young people now are talking about blockchain use um, uh, and even government government uh, government is beginning also to to use it in some ways, uh, distribution of medicines. Um, so the use cases are growing. Uh, there was a misunderstanding from the beginning. Um, the financial sector has become more accommodating. Uh, some of us must move with new products like housing, like what is happening in Mozambique, um, and soon it would be acceptable.
1: We've been talking about you know, young people and new ideas. For any aspiring developers or entrepreneurs that are listening in Africa, do you have any tips or advice for 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 those sorts of people who are? Um, looking to use emerging technologies like blockchain to build a business or anything along those lines? I actually say
0: uh, any of the problems that you solve uh, is a lot of money. Uh, Some of these problems cannot be found in the Western world. So people who are waiting to see the innovations come from the Western world to Africa are completely mistaken. We must begin to be able to get our goods and products into market in Africa uh, where there is no infrastructure, where there is, you know, we are beginning to see that some of those can be solved. If you see the number of apps which uses uh, blockchain, they are in agriculture sector. agriculture is very big in Africa. Um, we need to leverage big data uh, to be able to develop uh, systems that understand where demand and supply uh, is most needed. Once once they understand this and begin to develop apps, uh, you are looking for wheat, for example, wheat flour. Uh, And you know it's available somewhere. There are logistics firms which can drop this. these are simple problems, but eventually they'll be very big um, by, by developed countries. So I say blockchain was created for Africa to move Africa from where we are to a new space that uh, we would begin to see. Yeah,
2: yeah, probably.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah um we're, we're nearing the end of the podcast um there is a closing question i, I want to ask but glenn do you did you have any questions you wanted uh, to ask that we haven't covered
2: no i think that's a brilliant summary thank you I, I, that that line there is just just it's exactly that I, it, it's for me the exciting part of really understanding that as i started to really understand the potential that it had for transformation that was the exciting part for me it was was the, the You know, really getting into that and, and understanding that and realizing exactly what you just said, it it's ex- it encapsulates mm-hmm. exactly that. We're not going to find problems. If not us, then who is the question I keep asking. It, it, we've mm-hmm. got to solve those problems. We've got to find the ways of solving them. And we've got to address them in ways that make it work for Africa.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um- Prof, uh, for those that are listening and want to connect with you, learn more about your work, uh, where can they reach you or like where can they connect with you online?
0: I am all over everywhere, <laughs> from, from from Twitter to LinkedIn to everywhere, and yeah. I, it's beginning to be a little more, but I will still create some time to respond to some of the questions.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, we will add the, those links uh, in the show notes and people can reach out for the for the closing question. Um, what excites you the most about the future of blockchain in Africa?
0: Yes, um, I keep on the, I write for uh, I do columns for various newspapers. Um, we are almost getting to a level where we can also almost do a prescription using uh, blockchain and be able to 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 create value out of aggregate. If you look at data, you would see the average African farmer is around sixty. Um, it is worrying because in some countries uh, the the life expectancy is around sixty three. So. At some point, you probably don't have a farmer in Africa. So what has happened is that you are beginning to see young people getting interested to invest in that space, which which has so much returns, uh, which has so much opportunity, uh, but we did not understand it earlier, or we didn't know how to do distribution, uh, which is been made easier by technology.